Warning. This show may be unsuitable for young fillies, colts, and foals due to strong language prevalent in literally every episode, and some mild sexual innuendo. We will also touch on themes of racial relations, political climate, and other sensitive subjects, but we will let you know when those things come up. Pony, welcome to Equestria Gaze, a My Little Pony rewatch podcast. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Equestria Gaze. I'm Anya, my pronouns are they, them, and you can find me on Twitter at aka Anya. I'm joined by my partner in life, love, and cartoon horses, August. Hi, I'm August. I waved at the microphone and <laughs> I use they, them pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. So each week, we'll saddle in to rewatch an episode of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, to break apart what exactly the show is trying to say. The good, the bad, and the downright problematic. We figured it's 2020 and everything is happening so much, so why not watch some cartoons? I personally had not seen My Little Pony until this year, so this was all very new to me. I was, however, a horse girl growing up, so the fact that I didn't watch this show is pretty confusing, even to me. And I got into Friendship is Magic when it first came out. I witnessed the genesis of the Brony fandom and eventually fell off the card around season four, which is to say this ain't my first rodeo. God, every week I notice a new pun in there and I feel sad <laughs> about not noticing before. <laughs> this week, we'll be reviewing season one, episode four, Apple Buck Season. In this episode... An injured Big Mac bets Applejack that she can't harvest all of the apples by herself. Applejack takes his bet and feels even more empowered as she saves the town from a stampede and receives an outstanding citizen award. On award day, Applejack appears late and exhausted, but is still determined to keep her promises to her friends and prove that she doesn't need any help harvesting all of the farm's apples. She helps Rainbow Dash by launching her across town in a failed daredevil stunt, she helps Pinkie Pie poison the town's ponies with putrid pastries, and she yells at some innocent bunnies, causing another stampede. Finally, as Twilight admits enough is enough, she confronts Applejack, who is boastful about having harvested all the apples. However, she has only harvested half, and realizing she can't do it alone, she accepts her friend's offer to help. So, what this show is trying to say to kiddos. That's how we start this thing. Yep. I'm sorry, it's been the longest weekend of my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. We adopted a dog, and now all I am is tired. Is this what having children feels like? I'm sorry. 
<laughs> if anyone has children, it's so much. Yeah. Children. Shows for children have meanings. I'm Anya. Join me to find out the meaning of this episode. I can't remember. Sleeping. Yeah, you have to. What? You have to go first because mine is dependent on yours. Oh, it is, isn't it? Wow. Well, I'm just stalling for nothing. <laughs> hey, every pony! Welcome to Equestria Gaze, of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Rewatch Podcast. Um. <laughs> Ah, sorry, I'm trying to remember what sleep feels like. Okay, <laughs> I can't. So, my message to Phillies, Fultz, and, hmm, <laughs> Phillies, Fultz, and Coles is <laughs> that it's okay to admit you can't do it alone and to ask for help. And uh, additionally, my message to Phillies, Colts, and Foles is if you try to do everything for everyone, you will likely fail. <laughs> Yay. Shows for children. Yep. That said, the show is not for children. So it's time for the biggest part of our episode. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out that particular transition sometime around season three, probably. <laughs> yeah, so it's time for the bridled meaning where we discuss the things that are left unsaid or the unfortunate implications. And we've done this in the form of what is usually a bullet point list. This time it's one of those like little hashy lists with like the little straight lines. We did it that way this time. Get over it. So... <laughs> My first note is literally like the first scene because Applejack just immediately goes off the deep end, sort of like I'm doing. I think I can relate to Applejack a lot in this episode about um, <laughs> what not sleeping feels like. So, And like Applejack, we have a dog now. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I feel like Sky would actually be a pretty good herding dog. Anyways, um... So my first note is when Applejack and Big Mac are talking at the beginning, like the escalation of this interaction from like, oh, I sure am sorry that you're hurt, big brother, to like, I'll fucking show you that I can do everything on my own was very quick. <laughs> calm down, everyone. What if everyone calmed down? Yeah. I, man, it's. A little, okay, I don't I don't think distressing is the right word, but it's just like, Applejack, the whole crux of this episode is Applejack being prideful and being all like, I can do it all on my own, as if her entire life she hasn't had the help of Big Macintosh. Yeah. And now she's just like, ooh, I can do this, and it's like, you... You're not even a Clydesdale, girl. Calm down. You don't even go here. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I can see where, like, Big Mac is being, like, the annoying big brother. But also, like, you're not helping <laughs> your prideful sister, uh, who I don't think we've seen this trait in Applejack up until this point. I don't think so either. I mean, I think it does come back in the future a couple times that she's, like, pretty prideful or, like, independent. But just, like, 
this whole level of self-sufficiency isn't one we've seen from her before. Like, she's a family pony and, uh, you know, likes her family. (laughs) So I just thought that was a little weird, her sudden, like, I have this character trait now. (laughs) Well, I don't know. We did talk kind of last episode a little bit about how we thought maybe one of the reasons Applejack is so gung-ho about like making a bunch of money to replace Granny Smith's hip when her friend is the disciple of God was because she was too prideful to ask for the help of God's apprentice to put in a good word with God. So That's fair. God fix Granny Smith's hip challenge. Yeah. But anyway, that was just my first like kind of experience with this episode, uh, just right off the bat. And it kind of yeah. set the tone, but on an entirely different note. Um, yeah, so I'm making it kind of like my life's purpose on this podcast to point out all the ways in which like reality doesn't apply to Pinkie Pie, because... I mean, obviously, it's she's just, like, the super cartoony gag character, but, like, looking at it from an in-universe perspective, like, this is my treatise on how Pinkie Pie is some sort of, like, eldritch terror of chaos stuffed into a pony suit. So, um... I super didn't see it at the beginning, but the more and more episodes I watched, like, I... I'm fully on the, like, Pinky is, like, a god of chaos train. Yeah, she's she's one of Slepnir's children. <laughs> sure. I don't she's know. She's a descendant of Loki. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Loki, one of Loki's children is uh, the six-legged horse or eight-legged horse, however many legs, horse, uh, Slepnir, and uh, that horse is the uh, steed of Odin. Mm-hmm. I can see that. That's that's now canon. Like, I I fully am on board with Pinky being a god of chaos. Um, and who cares if she doesn't have six legs? Gods of chaos can can get rid of some legs. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, but um, yeah, she at the beginning during the stampede is completely unaffected by the laws of physics or the gravity of the situation. So, just another tally mark in that ledger. Yeah. And speaking of that stampede, I didn't write anything because I knew you would. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it is deeply distressing that the cows are shown to be sentient and speak in Midwestern accents for so many reasons. Like, we see them constantly in pens, so these are obviously meant to be chattel. Horses don't eat meat in the way that most carnivores do. Like, oh wait, maybe it's deer who just, like, randomly eat birds sometimes. Maybe horses don't. I don't think horses eat birds. If horses eat birds, please tweet at us, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because, like, deer will sometimes just eat birds, but... Anyway, fact of the matter is, the the cows are not being kept for meat, which is good, I guess, because that means that they're not slaughtering sentient speaking creatures to eat them. But also that means that these are probably dairy cows, and the dairy industry is super fucked, so 
you know, have fun with that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, in my utopian little world, I want to pretend that it's like, oh, they were offered some kind of, like, deal where they work as dairy cows. I don't know. Maybe they go home to their apartments with their loving cow families and they just <laughs> live on the pastures during the day. Because that's like going to the office for work. It's not that, though. No. <laughs> it's This is so much. It's so much. This is so unfortunate. Like, shit like this is why we have this podcast. Because I'm just... I'm literally sitting here trying not to tear my hair out. Because I cannot adequately articulate how fucked up that is. Yeah. Like, that is so fucked up. The The implications of that scene, like... I know they're doing it as just like, haha, funny real world comparison. Isn't that funny? But like the implication for a larger world building perspective is like, like they have pets, but those pets aren't sentient. So like there's a difference between Winona and Applejack. However, Applejack has a conversation with those cows who are kind of kept similarly to Winona, if not worse, like Winona yeah. is actively involved in their oppression. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's only episode four, and here we are with the ponies practicing slavery. Cool. Cool. It's awesome. I'm sure that this show will never do anything else wrong when it comes to race relations. Nothing. Never. Disclaimer, it does... <laughs> On a lighter note, how exhausting is it to live in a town where every time someone does something, like, helpful? And I get it that, like, saving the whole town from a stampede is pretty uh, impactful. But, like, it's fucking Ponyville. This happens basically every day. Do they throw an award ceremony every day? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, we already know that these ponies just like an excuse to party anyway which is also fucking exhausting so i don't know i guess they just don't have anything better to do it's not like they've got tv yeah i mean they have books clearly <laughs> yeah they do have books i don't know do they have tv oh god well there's that one episode where Pinkie pie is like a news we'll get to it oh yeah i forgot about that Yep. What Shoot. is entertainment in Equestria look like? Ooh. Anyways. Yep. Um. So I just wrote this down because it entertained me talking about somebody, I think it was Rarity, said Applejack is never late. And all I can think of is Gandalf talking about how wizards are never late. So clearly Applejack is a wizard. <laughs> I mean, anything for them to sell more toys. They'll give her a horn, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> she gets uh, Twilight's Star Swirl the Bearded cosplay. Oh my god. You know that comes separate in like its own little uh, package and you've got to buy it to dress up your Twilight doll. Of course. <sighs> consumerism oh the next point is mine 
Um, oh boy, we don't have a good transition. Yeah, there's no good transition between these two points. The next one is that time must pass weirdly in the show because uh, the Apple family reunion, as we will find out in a later episode, happens only once every 100 moons, but it happens at the beginning of the show and later on in a different season of the show. And I know that it's probably just like a throwaway line, convenient sort of plot device, plot contrivance, etc. But gosh darn it, I'm pedantic. I want my show to be completely and totally 100% internally consistent. See, I think like, I feel like it's makes sense for later seasons when Applejack leaves Ponyville to go visit like other relatives. So like, we know from this episode that they all live in different places. But like, I feel like each episode is just a small glimpse into these characters' lives. Like, time passes in huge chunks that we're not seeing. Because between the first episode and one of the seasons that, um, whatever season it is that has the reunion, it's either two or three, right? Like, it's seven years. And I feel like it's just huge chunks of time pass where nothing happens and these people are just developing their relationships off screen. That's kind of how I have to like interact with the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause otherwise I can't figure out the timeline. <laughs> well, I mean in one episode we have winter wrap up and then two episodes later we have the, the fall episode. So, you know, yes. clearly, clearly the episodes are events as they can occur in complete chronological order. It's just months of time in between each episode mm -hmm. that we don't see. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's my canon theory, uh, is that we're actually seeing a huge amount of time in these uh, characters' lives, but we're only seeing small snippets of it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's 100% my takeaway, too. But yeah. Um, speaking of time... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Speaking of time, uh, Twilight and her ability to manipulate time. Uh, why does she only teleport when it doesn't matter? I mean, I guess she's excited about this new skill she has, but like, there are so many instances where Twilight could use her teleportation to help, but instead, like, she uses it to teleport five feet instead of walking. Yeah. It's. I think. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I think the main thing that we're supposed to get out of this in general is just like this is sort of an expansion of Twilight's abilities because like early on she doesn't seem to have much control over over it. Uh, one of the times that she teleports early on she's doing so with Spike and he comes out charred on the other side but we see her do more things like this later on that she has more control over. Um, it's less traumatic, it's more on demand. Yeah, and we actively see her working on these skills. I just feel like there are a lot of moments in the shows where I'm like, Twilight, you're magic. You can mm -hmm. fix this situation with magic. <laughs> but then other times it's like, I don't feel like moving my legs to walk five feet behind this person who hasn't slept in a week who it can't be walking that fast. Mm -hmm. So just an interesting notice. Yeah. Uh, 
And another interesting note uh, is everyone's just inability to recognize, except Twilight, who does admit that Rain- that uh, Applejack isn't doing well. Like, no one else really, they're too focused on their own desires. So, like, Applejack gets there looking like she's been hit by a truck to help Rainbow Dash. And Rainbow Dash is like, great, climb this huge platform and jump on to this uh, springy board. And, like, that's safe. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, completely and totally safe. Nothing bad could ever happen. Although it is a fun fact uh, that sleep deprivation can produce uh, similar effects to being inebriated. It's true. So good on the showrunners for accurately portraying what it's like to have a small dog join your household. Uh, I mean, (laughs) be like trying to do something on a dare and your own pride and not sleeping ever look i feel like i went through all of the emotional stages that applejack goes through in my undergrad degree like Mm. i definitely remember 3 a.m working in the common room on homework and like me and all of the people in there that were working on homework just sitting with our heads on the table cackling at nothing Except that it's 3 a.m. and this assignment is due in the morning. (laughs) Special college memories. Yeah. But, yeah. On the note of, like, sleep deprivation and things you shouldn't do while you're sleep deprived, because it is similar to being drunk, climbing a platform, and then smashing into the ground, like, then going and just repeating it, so I'm... I'm theorizing that these characters are made of rubber and they don't actually have bones because Applejack just goes back up and throws herself on the ground again. And again. And again. And like Rainbow Dash gets slung into Twilight's balcony and also is not hurt. So they're made of rubber. These horses are made of rubber. Mm-hmm. That's that's my theory. They're made of rubber and time doesn't exist. Yep. <laughs> So, speaking of ponies getting hurt, something that I noted based on uh, something I talked about in the previous episode about what the state of medicine in Equestria seems to be. So, we get confirmation here that it appears to be uh, mundane, uh, since all of the nurses are earth ponies. There doesn't seem to be any sort of magic involved here, so it seems like at least basic medical care is... Uh, pretty mundane, but the infirmary also looks vaguely like something out of uh, stills from like a 1920s documentary on tuberculosis. So yeah, I was thinking it's very warlike. Like they have a tent set up with with medicine and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, and about that same scene, like I just wrote something something. Your choice is hurting other people. Something something like. At what point do you stop Applejack when she's hurting the entire town? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one thing about, like, all right, what you're doing to yourself is your own deal. And, like, we can try to help you. But if you don't want to be helped, then it's whatever. But you're actively hurting other people at this point. Yeah. And I'm not even sure the show goes hard enough on her for doing this. Like, this is 
just treated as between this and Rainbow Dash, this is just treated as kind of like a throwaway thing. Yeah. It doesn't have any sort of gravity behind it because like, yeah, it's like kind of a gag. But at the same time, it's like she's literally endangered these ponies and that's not okay. But we just laugh it off by the end. Yeah. Like the real like the message she gets out of it is like, you're right. I should ask for help and not like that was really dangerous. All the things I did and I feel remorse. Mm hmm. So, yeah, the interesting takeaway from that uh, and the message not really addressing all of the harmful things that Applejack does to the town. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It is. Um, And I have this written down, but I already talked about it earlier. But just going back to Applejack talking about I don't need help uh, when she's historically done this with at least one other family member is kind of rich. Yeah, I mean, it's the experience of someone who's never had to, like, try to do the thing on their own, and they've never had to ask for the help. Like, I guess it has always felt kind of independent for her. And, like, maybe there's an underlying message about appreciating your workers. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's definitely- At the very least- Huh? I was going to say, at the very least, it's an unintentional underlying message that's definitely there. Yeah, like, Applejack is very much the face of the farm, and yeah, I, I don't think it's the last time we'll see her uh, kind of taking on all of the responsibility that wasn't necessarily assigned to her. Mm-hmm. So, at least it's consistent. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of consistent, uh, we are introduced to another species of farm animal that is sentient and can talk, in that uh, Twilight says that Applejack is as stubborn as a mule, and then says no offense as she looks towards a mule who says none taken. And like, and yeah, like saddling, because that joke comes up so many times. How is this not considered racist in canon? This is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, like, And the fact that then he's just like, no, nah, it's fine. Like, would imply that mules in this world of animals are not actually stubborn as they, I believe they are actually pretty stubborn in real life. Yeah, I think that's the case. But this sentient one is just like, nah, man, it's chill. Yeah, it's, I don't know, is is this the cool mule friend of Twilight's that she trots <laughs> out literally whenever conversations around mules come up? And she's like, yeah, I have a mule friend who says it's okay for me to say stubborn as a mule. <laughs> anyway. I would say yes, except we'd never even learn his name, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah. Like, who is this mysterious man? Ah, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Sorry that I'm like this. It's okay. I like you like this. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so my next point, there's no good transition, but rabbits continue to run roughshod over Fluttershy. Uh, Angel has set a dangerous precedent, it seems. I mean, 
I'm giving these bunnies a pass because they were running from a scary farm dog that would probably eat them. And I think that Fluttershy should trade Angel in for literally any of these bunnies that seem nicer. I continue to hate Angel. I hate him so much. (laughs) He's the worst pet. All the other pets are likable to some degree. He's not a pet. He's an abuser. That's true. He's also like implied to have more sentience than the other pets. So why is he even a pet? Like, yeah, he is one line of dialogue away from just being a character on the roster. Yeah, pretty much. And it's. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, ugh. we'll always come back to Angel fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Because stop being mean to Fluttershy. Yeah. And uh, this brings us around to my last point, which kind of ties in with Anya's last point. So actually, maybe Anya, you should say your point first, and then I'll build off of it. Sure. Yeah, like I had an idea for an alternate way that this whole thing could have been dealt with that I guess wouldn't have resulted in an episodes, but I guess there could have been a complication in a different way. But if Twilight can just magically lift all of the apples off the tree with her magic, why not just like sneak in during the night or something when visibility is low or at any time because Applejack is pretty clearly out of it and won't notice, but like why not just sneak in? harvest a bunch of trees and then applejack will magically be done so you can avoid all of this yep and uh what i wrote independently of anya when we were taking our notes is why buck apples when a unicorn can harvest half an orchard in one go with magic do unicorns just not do manual labor at all which I mean, I guess we do periodically see Rarity doing some manual labor, carrying things, lifting things, and, like, we do see her doing that in this episode. Yeah. But... Well, Rarity's is also interesting, because, like, we've had this conversation about unicorn magic and how Twilight's use of her magic is kind of different and, like... The understanding is that unicorns kind of just have like a thing that they do with their magic and they stick to that and not like all of these different things. And that's what makes Twilight special is she's always learning new spells and she's pushing her magic to like new boundaries. So like we see Rarity using her magic around the shop, but it's implied that like that's still kind of manual labor because like she has to know what she's doing. You can't just walk in there with a horn and cut fabric correctly and then sew it together and have an outfit without ever touching it. Like she still is in a way like she's very skilled at what she's doing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we could potentially have almost an entire episode talking about like unicorns and magic and the way that they're positioned in the universe and how we see different unicorns use their magic differently. But that I feel like is for another day. That's totally fair. I I just, yeah, I find the differences between Twilight and Rarity to be very interesting because, like, we're introduced to Twilight first. So my assumption was like, oh, unicorns do magic. But, like, I don't think I realized till much farther in that, like, unicorns 
do a type of magic and they have like a reason for their magic. And Twilight is more of like, more like, I guess, a magic connoisseur. (laughs) She like, she just learns new shit and it works. And so, I don't know, I thought all unicorns did that at first. So I think it's an interesting topic for sure. Definitely. Because... I don't think Rarity is shown doing that, where she can lift the apples off the trees like that. No, but also, did Applejack ever ask? Would Rarity have ever volunteered? Well, no, but I mean, in the in the final scene, I don't remember how Rarity was helping on the farm. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. No, it's okay. She's uh, carrying a basket of apple. Okay. A basket of a single apple. No, a basket of apples. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely implied that like unicorns can use their horns to lift things, but like Twilight definitely has a little bit more juice in her lifting than the average unicorn. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll never come back and be important at all. Never. You'll have to keep listening to find out. <laughs> the show is ten years old. You don't have to keep listening. You you know what happens. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's right there. (laughs) We're all in quarantine. Why not watch ponies? Anyways, (laughs) I'm going to use a fucking, what is that awful YouTube site that says anyways a lot that Simply Neological hates? (laughs) Trim Trim? Yeah. I'm going to use the Trim Trim anyways as my go-to transition. Jesus Christ. Anyways. Okay. We each week. What? We each each week. Each week we each. <laughs> <laughs> the English language sucks, y'all. Um, each week we both pick a thing about the episode to draw attention to. And we did that again this week because I said we do it every week. So we did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I picked... Um, for my main event that I personally just really liked all of the small details in characterization that were in this episode. Um, so like Applejack is neighing while snoring and Twilight was loafing while reading on her balcony. And it was one really cute, like that's adorable, but also it's just adds like a cute little layer of characterization that they didn't have to put in there, but it's, it's really good. I just really like that and want to keep trying to look for those small details. It was very good. My main event is uh, the way that the bunny stampede is treated exactly like the cow one. Is It's just so fucking funny to me, especially in the aftermath where everybody's just like, oh, the horror, the <laughs> horror. And like, you know, the pandemonium and the, the overreaction in general. That's just, that is such a well-played gag. I yeah. I deeply enjoyed it yeah and like bunnies can be destructive for a garden at least so hey it works <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so uh we are going to end each week with a horse fact this is a random piece of horse trivia that we found that may or may not be true uh we're assuming it's true because the internet would never lie this week's horse fact is Horses with typical anatomy are, quote, obligate nasal breathers, which means they must breathe through their nostrils and cannot breathe through their mouths. Side note, 
all that dramatic gasping is pure fantasy. And if you have any fun horse facts you want us to include on the show, send them to us on Twitter at EquestriaGaze, and we'll give you a shout-out. Until next time, stay cool, every pony, and remember, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and wear your fucking mask. How do you feel about recording this thing so I can paint my nails? I feel good about recording this thing so you can paint your nails. That's the spirit. Paint those snails. Space nails. We're not. This is horses. (laughs) Horses. Paint those. Paint those nails. Okay, we're done. That's it. We got two (laughs) episodes. We recorded... Two episodes. That's it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends about us or tweet about us using the Equestria Gaze hashtag. We're also a member of Standing Stones Productions, a nonprofit podcasting guild. Some of our other shows include Follow the Leader and The Room Where It Happened, two TTRPG actual play shows, and The Escaphile Files a podcast where two of our friends read and talk about the Animorph series. You can find out more about all of our projects at Stones underscore Standing on Twitter. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Anyway, your support means a lot. Thanks again for listening.